What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 601st episode. It's a new era. <laughs> I'll forget in like three <laughs> weeks what episode we're on of the Pokemon Podcast. I'm your host, Steve. Uh, oh, sorry. Of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, Steve. <laughs> With me is Hannah. I am here. Uh, things are finally starting to unfreeze outside, which is great. There's no longer an ice rink outside my window, basically. Nice. Al is also. Does it? How cold is it getting? Uh, where Where are you uh, over over not yonder? Yeah, not that cold. We <laughs> well, it was it was reasonably cold this week. We got down to minus ten Celsius, which what is that like zero Fahrenheit, something like that? Okay. No, no ten. No, no, not that low. Not that quiet. Not that low. I was like, you got talking freedom 14, units here. 14. 14. 14 okay. Fahrenheit. Okay. Um, Positive so, and that's, 14. that's kind of, that's, yeah, yeah. So that's normally like the coldest it would get here in the winter. We don't get colder than that, really. That's crazy. We, were we don't like... get cold. We don't get hot. We just kind of sit in the middle doing nothing. <laughs> we we like, get wind. We've got a lot of wind tonight. We were like negative 14 last week or something crazy like that. Fahrenheit. Yeah. We we have our normal news that we're going to talk about. We got the Pokemon Go, Pokemon Sleep. Uh, there's still no update for Scarlet and Violet, even though they said sometime in January. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe by the time this podcast goes up, the 3.0.1 update that they said to fix. I know that TM issue. <laughs> I don't remember what else they were supposed to fix. The ink. It was the ink. The oh, the yeah. ink. Yes, <laughs> that's supposed to come out by January. They did say the end of January. Yeah. Yeah, they got they got time. So there there was yeah. also maybe or maybe not a complete duplication issue again uh in the game. So maybe that's why it's not out. Maybe they were like, We're gonna fix that too. I'm not sure I'm not sure that they're like the fact that they can say that we've got a release coming out, because this was like the middle of December. They were like, we've got a release no, it was the beginning of December. They've got a release coming out at the end of January. That tells me that their whole life cycle is very long and they can't, ju- they're, they're not just going to go, oh, we'll delay it by a week. No, if it's delayed, it's delayed by like two months. <laughs> there was an update where they they did it very quickly. I don't remember what it was, though. It was like a VGC thing, but no, it was one thing they changed. Explains it. Yeah, they they fixed a couple of things really quickly, usually either having to do with VGC or having to do with duplication. And it seems like there are issues with both right now. (laughs) Well, I haven't, gosh, I haven't followed or paid attention to Zelda news. But that, that was like every other week was like, we found a new way to duplicate. And I don't know. And they, and then Nintendo kept patching it. So they like clearly cared. This is the, yeah. Second or third way to duplicate in <laughs> Scarlet Violet. And I, I've heard it's very complicated and whatever. I wouldn't do it. I don't need to do it. I have 9999 nine, nine of like everything because I play the game so much. The point being is they clearly care about this, both Pokemon and Nintendo, since they seem to want to fix those <laughs> usually. So I don't know if that'll be fixed. I'm sure it will be fixed. But your reminder that there's supposed to be an update this month yeah i think it will be a very difficult bug to fix if they don't just decide they're going to just remove smergle which is my my current assumption is they're just going to go oh no you don't get that pokemon anymore because <laughs> it's a lot of little things that have to go together for it to actually work yeah or maybe they'll just turn off sketch on transform that's the other because you used to not be able to sketch transform oh really yeah 
I was delving into the into the wiki history of Sketch, and yes, apparently there was originally you couldn't Sketch transform, and they added it in. Can't remember again, but five or six or something. You're telling me that the Pokemon that has broke previous Pokemon games is currently breaking the <laughs> the newest game. Color me shocked. <laughs> Why I brought up Scarlet and Violet first is because we are going to be talking about the epilogue today, so it's been well over 10, 12 days since the epilogue has come out, so if you haven't done it yet and you're worried about spoilers, uh, look at the timestamps of this video and skip that part. I'm assuming if you're listening to a weekly Pokemon podcast, you are probably, you probably did it. You're probably there. If you're not, I, maybe life is busy. I get it. Come back. <laughs> uh, before we get to the epilogue, uh, Pokemon Sleep. I can't remember. Have we done a sleep check-in with Al before? <laughs> At some point, I think. I think I have been on since it. I, I don't play the game anymore. Oh, I, you, you I, gave... I, what, was, what was the... Was it was it just the the weekly check in? Was it the you missed a day? Now you missed two days. Now you missed three days. Yeah, I think that was that was part of it. I, I I missed a few, and then I was like, oh well, this is my excuse to uninstall it, right? But I wasn't really enjoying it before. Like it was it was both not enough gameplay and too much gameplay at the same time. <laughs> um, I'm also famously not a fan of roguelites, uh, which essentially this game is. Um, so yeah, I just I think it's a cool idea. And I'm glad that people really like it, but yeah, I just I just found that like the uh, the Pokemon that you would get would end up being like the same ones as you've talked about previously about like the different sleep styles and stuff like that. They're unless you're cheating, some of them are difficult to get in some cases, and it's just ah, I didn't find it fun. And I was like, I don't need to catch these Pokemon again in another different type of game, you know. Well, there is the the news is there is a two week long event. For a Lapis Lakeside opening on January 29th, so not this week, next week. I actually thought it was this week. Um, that'll last until February 12th. I'm sure they'll do a Valentine's Day event. Uh, Dratini, oh, yeah. Ra Ralts Stuffle will appear on green grass. There will be limited mission rewards. You can get a Dratini incense, a Ralts incense, a Stuffle incense. There will be rewards for week one and week two. These are time-limited missions. Once the week has passed, you will no longer be able to use those incense on green grass, which is, I guess, makes sense because those Pokemon aren't native there and they're moving. But that's a little weird. That's why wouldn't you just not be able to use them? Oh, it says you can't use them on green grass. I suppose you could save those incense and probably use them on Lapis. Yes, that would probably be it. That They'll just keep working only if you have access to Lapis or once you have access to Lapis. However long it takes. <laughs> I think last week I said it was 240 because I was reading from Serebi and then Greg says it was 230. From what I've seen, the app is saying 240. In the news section of the app, maybe it's 240. <laughs> yeah, a good almost 100 sleep styles from the last island before that, I think. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they're this is I guess this is the way they're doing adding new Pokemon in, right? They're not changing the previous places, they're adding the new ones on at higher levels, which means that you're you're not then I guess having to I mean there've been some cases where they've added them in via events. Um but yeah, like in most, it seems to be like mostly they're adding them in through the new location, which is an interesting way of doing things unless I've got that completely wrong. 
I think it's com- a combination. I think they've yeah. added far more Pokemon through events just to the yeah. islands that have already existed. I'm not sure how many islands they're going to end up releasing. <laughs> I don't, people seem very excited about Lapis. It is the first new island being added. So, you know, you have the hardcore, the hardcore sleep players that want <laughs> that level cap to be raised from 50 to whatever. I would... Mm-hmm. Imagine a lot of players are not even there yet. I feel like my strongest Pokemon is 33, maybe? Something like that. Mine is definitely weaker than that because I am I am in the process of, of falling off the game kind of like Al did. I woke up this morning, rolled over to press the button, and then realized I forgot to press it when I went to sleep last night. Master. And that is not the first time that's happened in the last week. I don't know. I like the game, but maybe not enough. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I tried to do, Hannah, maybe, maybe you should try this. What I tried to do before I quit it completely was I bundled together all of the, like, actually doing the catching and stuff like that onto the Sunday. Yep. Um. So that I, I all through most of the week, all I was doing was pressing the button and then pressing the button. And then on Sunday, I connected it. And you can even, I think you can go through them individually or you can just say to the game, just catch one, right? Do whatever you want. And it's quite an interesting, different way of playing it. The only problem with that is you only get the Pokemon at the level you were at on your first, on your yeah, last time so playing the game. You're not even looking at it. You're just cashing. No, no, no I wasn't cashing in on Sunday. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Crazy. I didn't find it more fun. <laughs> it was. I think the way I would describe it was it was less feeling like a chore, but still like it was something I was doing because I felt like I should do it rather than because I was actually enjoying it. Yeah, I've been doing that a little bit this week, and so I've I've had a couple of those days where I've built up some of the sleep research and do multiple of them in one day, but. I don't enjoy that. I actually find that less fun than being more involved with the game. So I think I just need to reverse course and get more involved with the game a little bit again. Start using the, not not Steve's calculator, but the other calculator that Ah, helps you figure out what the best team is. My calculator is still doing strong. (laughs) No, I haven't used my calculator in a while because because like at, at a certain point you just, you start realizing that like, oh, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Like, you don't need yeah. the calculator. I think the calculator yeah. ni- was super nice for, like, EV week. Like, oh, I have, like, three EVs, and I'm going to, like, pull up what they evolve into, and I'm just going to, like, calc real quick to see, like, okay, this one is slightly better. Because what what when it was EV week, I think I walked away with 14 EVs, and I think I threw away 11 of them, because I was like, oh, these are not good at all. I'm not going to put the candy in. I, I think my my problem with Pokemon Sleep isn't the game. It's well, it's it's like the stigma around sleeping. I always miss breakfast. I just I'm sleeping between six a.m. to twelve p. Like like the 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 three time stamps, the three time separations aren't even the same length. It's like dinner is like twelve hours, right? Yep. 6 to 12, 12 to 6, and then dinner is there. And so, like, I knew before even sleep coming out or playing sleep that, like, every single sleep app puts my category of sleeping at a disadvantage. 
So, like, I would probably have found an Onyx. This is the news. I have another week on Topalo, another no Onyx. I guess I have tomorrow to still figure that out. Every sleep app is like, oh, the you should be going to bed by 10. You should be waking up by 6. And, like, there are people also like me who sleep mostly during the morning and then wake up in the afternoon like there's lots of construction workers third shift workers security guards overnight people at like walmart like this is it's not uncommon for people to have my sleep schedule but we're treated like these second class citizens to all these sleep apps no one wants to appreciate us but like i never get breakfast i just i i'm i'll wake up at like 1205 and then be like should have woke up 10 minutes earlier i guess well, what you need to do, Steve, is you need to get a second phone and set that to a different time zone, and that's your Pokemon <laughs> Sleep phone, and the only thing as far is Pokemon Sleep, and you set it to whatever time zone it would be <laughs> that would mean that you're sleeping at, at whatever time the game wants you to. That would work. It, it, yeah, I'm not saying it's a good idea, but it would, <laughs> <laughs> it would do something. <laughs> I, do, I do think it's a little weird that like breakfast, breakfast starts at six and not four because the day resets at four. And you, you, again, you have like dinner that is 12 hours long. You have lunch and breakfast that are six hours long. And anytime I'm like getting ready for bed and I'm like walking downstairs, I have like one of those Google Home in my kitchens. My, my kitchen, I don't have multiple kitchens. <laughs> I have a Google Home in my kitchen and it'll say like, once it hits four o'clock, it'll say like, good morning, Steve. And I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Like a lot of people get up at 4 a.m. because they like need to be at work at like five or six. 4 a.m. is the worst time. Always. <laughs> Sorry. That's button. It's the, it's the worst hour. As, as someone who was woken up by my kid at 4 a.m. this morning, I can agree with you on that one. It is not a great time. <laughs> Sometimes if I'm working late enough, I go to bed at like yes. 6 a.m. And then I can squeeze in breakfast before <laughs> there, I... There, there are a few times where, we're, where, where I catch a Steve stream, not in, in my evening, but in my morning, because he's still streaming when I get up. <laughs> I feel like I would have less frustration with sleep if I could hit breakfast every day because I'm I'm literally missing probably like five to six meals. Like sometimes I hit breakfast, but for the most time I'm missing it, and therefore like I'm I should be master rank eight, but I'm master rank four because I just yeah. didn't get that. So like and I'm if still it didn't give you an F just because you don't sleep on a normal <laughs> sleep schedule. So like I'm still having fun with it. I still like it. Like this morning was frustrating waking up to like uh, you know, I'm master rank whatever and it's like I had great slumbering sleep or whatever and it's like, oh, you know, day six and we're still getting Diglett, Rattata, Gulpin, Geodude. That was literally my morning and it's like ah. Oh. I'm literally master rank. Why am I getting Pokeball rank Pokemon at Sunday morning? So, like, that's frustrating, but that's just, like, RNG in most, in all Pokemon games. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's, actually, let's let's get the non-epilogue stuff out of the way, and then after the break, we can talk about the epilogue. That'll make it real easy. Uh, so, we didn't cover this, like, two weeks ago. The Pokemon TV app will be removed from digital stores and will end permanently in March. I don't think they have an exact date. Pokemon Company announced on their website today, uh, today was, when was that? That was January 8th, that, this is off IGN, uh, that the Pokemon 
TV app will sunset. Sunset is the buzz tech word for closing the app. They could just say we're closing the app. <laughs> I don't know why sunset got so popular. It has uh, less negative connotations. Everybody loves a sunset, right? <laughs> <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> uh, ending the free TV service app. Um, it will be removed from digital storefronts, from the Nintendo eShop, from Google Play, from the App Store. Uh, they say, thank you for all the fans that have enjoyed the Pokemon TV app over the years. The Pokemon TV app and website will sunset on March 8th. Uh, beginning on January 8th, uh, you can no longer download it from the Pokemon TV. Uh, you can no longer download it from the App Store, Google Play, the Roku channel, the Amazon App Store, Nintendo eShop, and Pokemon.com. If you've already downloaded it and have it, uh, you can put it on eBay next to Flappy Bird. No, it doesn't say that. Uh, <laughs> you can you can continue using it until March, where it will be shut down completely. It This app came out in 2013 for the record that's a good long run yeah can i can i be positive for a minute before we because obviously it's very sad but i want to be positive about <laughs> it's this, not right? sad it's a sunset not not <laughs> <laughs> not that i think that it's it's good that this is going away i'm not trying to make it a positive thing that this is going away but can i just talk about the fact that for 11 years there was an app where you could go and watch so many free seasons of pokemon Mm -hmm. Like, I think that is wild that they actually did that. And if you were watching stuff regularly on there, like, they kept changing it. So I don't know whether you could have watched everything eventually free. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case because they kept rolling through all the different seasons. Yeah. And I just think that that is a great thing. Just just overall. And obviously, it's sad that it's going away. But the fact that they ever did it, I think, is really good. Yeah, I'm sure that they're, like, it wasn't making any money. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's for yeah, sure. Because there's no ads or anything. There's nothing on there. And -wise. there's obviously an operation cost to hold, uh, like hold these videos, have people access them, like the streaming. So, like the reason, like something like Amazon or Twitch is so expensive is because like delivering video is on the internet is expensive. How long was it until YouTube became profitable? <laughs> mm. That's like the second biggest website in the world behind google like i i'm i'm positive that four or five even maybe like two years ago i probably came on the show and was like why don't they just put all the episodes on and charge like five six seven dollars a month and compete with like netflix or prime video I, I don't know if they could like in retrospect i don't know if they could have like i don't know if enough people just cared like i want a thousand episodes of the Pokemon anime, and I will pay five dollars a month for that. Like I, I, some people out there, I'm sure would do that. I, as a, I don't even think I would do that. <laughs> I, well, I, I would do it for one th if if we got them the subbed versions of the Japanese ones the day after. I would pay it for that. Oh yeah. Um, if they if for they sure. did that, but yeah, if it's just like here's everything past the stuff you care about now, like yeah. If they put everything on there, including simulcasts of the new anime. Yes, I think that would draw more people, but still maybe not enough. I wonder... Probably not. I wonder if their deal with Netflix changed their thought process of the app of, like, we we can be on whatever service in the UK, we can be on this service in Canada, we can be on n normal TV in Japan, 
and we get paid for all of that stuff and the ads get introduced and all that stuff. And then Netflix just gives us a big chunk of money in America and we sign an X amount of agreement. And then after that, we can relicense that stuff back out and get it's another- not even just America. Because it is here as well. It's just we don't get like the brand new stuff straight away. Like all of all of uh, Journeys and To Be a Master is now on on UK Netflix. So we have everything except Horizons on there. Well, I say everything. I don't mean everything. Obviously, I mean <laughs> everything from the last like six years, right? Obviously, I don't know. Uh, there was a fantastic video by Dunkey talking about um, streaming services, and he does a bit where he talks about where you can watch all of the because on the website, on the Pokemon website, it's got a list of where you can watch all the series, mm-hmm. and you have yeah, it's like seven different streaming services you have to go through, and the way he delivers it is just fantastic. But yeah, is it yeah. It's the same here. There are like seven different services you have to go through if you want to watch them all. Yeah. I'm assuming this is just money, right? Like this is just, we don't want to continue paying this. It it could also be that they, maybe they had a 10 year contract with whoever made this TV app, just like they had a contract with Direwolf Digital or rest, rest in peace, Pokemon trading card game online. Um, but you know, like they, like they never talked about Direwolf Digital. Even when they refer to Pokemon Home, they they rarely mention Ilka. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody at the Pokemon company out in Bellevue is like, actually, the we we have one computer running the, all of these episodes on. Like, I don't. I I'm sure there was just some delivery service that they paid for to like manage this app. Because it was pretty simple. It was like the most bare bones. I don't think we want to get into delivery of of video on that. Like that is a whole <laughs> a whole other thing. I do think it is just. It's also just in line with the industry as a whole. Like you're seeing the contracting of all. Like we went from like Netflix being most of the streaming, yeah. to everybody has a streaming service, and now we're we're seeing that you know contract again um and i think it's just just part of that and yeah then you're right the netflix model is very good for them they go give us your content here's some money and they don't have to think about it again right that's a great deal <laughs> yeah that's a that's a super good deal um <laughs> we love money give me money <laughs> uh I, I i'm sure there's probably parents listening to the show that i wouldn't be surprised if their kids like use that app i think kids like also love the youtube app and what disney i feel like every parent needs to own disney plus that's what it's called right disney plus yeah yeah it's just the maybe in like 10 more years they'll bring the app back and be like nope the netflix service is no longer working we're going back to the cable service (laughs) (laughs) they just got to keep it in store it's it's been a good app they were able to put it in a good number of places, like on a good number of devices and different ways you could access it and being able to watch any of the episodes that were on there just for free with no ads for a decade was amazing. It's all right. When Apple buy both Nintendo and uh, <laughs> Disney, then we'll get all Pokemon on Disney Plus, obviously. That's- yeah, somebody call up Tim, Tim Apple. Like, why? Why? <laughs> Why is Apple TV needs more content? They could have had Pokemon. <laughs> I don't think Apple TV has a lot of kids content. Well, I think you're. T- I think you mean Apple TV Plus. Apple TV uh, yes. is the Sorry. app that ca- can brings together all your streaming services on your device. <laughs> Apple TV Plus is the actual content from Apple. 
Pokemon TV could have had an <laughs> Apple Vision Pro app. Netflix is not making one. They could have they they could have been the market for the thirty five hundred dollar headset. Somebody over at Pokemon really dropped the ball on that. Pokemon uh, fans love to spend ridiculous amounts of money. You know, yeah, they could be sitting with their Whaler plush and be watching Ash in virtual reality right now. Somebody dropped the ball. To be fair, they probably they probably don't need the Pokemon TV app. They just need some other random thing where you can like see Pokemon in the world and you know that some people will buy it just for that. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's very, very true. All right, let's do uh last bit of not epilogue stuff. Uh Team Go Rocket returns Shadow Kyogre joining Giovanni. Shadow Ho oh makes its Shadow Raid debut. Johto confirmed. That's not look. Look, if there's any two Pokemon <laughs> that come to Pokemon Go more than any other, it's Lugia and Ho Oh. Did we? I we I think we got Shadow Lugia at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have, they 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 did that thing where it was like super super purified. It was like a special the kind Apex. of purified. Yeah, that's <laughs> the what it Apex was. Legends. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, it was what it was weird because for both of them, but yeah. Although for some reason they called them slightly different things each of them it wasn't just the same thing they have a, they have a glow on them when you send them out in battle it's they like... do they do and if you purify them <laughs> you've like wasted everything about them no, they still have Except a lovely glow if you purify them. glow is also really cool yeah. oh is the pure i didn't know the glow was different I just for those two, for those two specifically yep they have a they have a glow about them so saturday january 27th to thursday february 1st varum makes its pokemon go debut in 12k eggs and then we'll take Get 50 your money out for your incubators <laughs> <laughs> it'll take 50 varum candy to evolve into reva Room. uh you'll be able to remove uh frustration shadow kyogre makes its debut and will last until march 1st Shadow Ho-Oh will be in raids for January 27th to January 28th. If you're lucky, the... Okay, so the Ho-Oh can be shiny. So you can get sh Shadow, Shiny, Ho-Oh. Kyogre will not be shiny. And then Shadow Corefish, Snow Runt, Chimchar. Just put Shadow in front of all these. Hiplup, Krogunk, Dwebble, and Ferocid will uh, appear on the rockets. The, the raids are just bad. We're just skipping the raids. Um, Three-star Shadow Raids, Shadow Scyther, Skarmory, and Golette will be in three-star. The only one that can be shiny is Scyther. So skip skip that, I guess, as well. <laughs> Unless you really want Scyther. And there will be another new paid research, which for $5, uh, you will get Star Stardust XP, one Incense, one Incubator, three Silver Pinaps. It counters with event-themed Pokemon, an event-themed Avatar pose. Uh, it is timed research. That means if you buy it and you do not complete it before February 1st, you lose what the rewards are. Uh, you And then, the, the, to be fair, the pose is pretty cool. I don't know, $5 cool. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, most of the poses, if you're going to get them from the shop, are 500 coins, I believe. So this is kind of like that, but also... Who's, bu who's buying a pose from the shop? Come on. <laughs> I've bought at least one with coins, but not with dollars. This I... is with dollars. Um, you can't earn those the same way. I, I think all of my poses have come from research. I don't think I've... 
<laughs> yeah, same. Maybe I, I don't bought... think I've bought a single thing in the store at all. I think all all the customization of my avatar I've got from research or whatever free stuff they gave you at some point. Al, how 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 have you felt about the uh, the amount of small re- paid research that? Yeah, I'm a, I'm on two two minds about this stuff. Like I've done both of the the ones that give you the incubator every day. Um, and I think those are great, and I think they should keep doing them forever. Um, and I will keep buying them forever if they keep doing them. I'm mainly doing it right now because, obviously, I've got to have a lot of incubators for Sino 2. Mm. I'm going to be doing a lot of walking that weekend. Um, but I, I, do, I do think it's at that point where I feel like they would have... Some of these things would be less annoying if it was just a subscription. I know we've talked about subscriptions before in this, but I would be less annoyed about the paid timed research if it was subscription based right because then you're not specifically paying for that research it just comes with the subscription and then if you do it you do it and if you don't you don't it kind of feels different than i'm going to pay for this timed research or i ran out of time to do it that feels really rubbish you know i don't like the paid timed research i think i am mostly in in agreement i do wish that they were just doing subscriptions instead of having a new paid ticket with every single thing they announce, but also paid timed research. So where you actually pay for something and then it it goes away if you don't finish it does not feel good either. So yeah, we're running this event this week. And if you miss it, you miss it. It's we're running this event this week and you paid money and you missed it. (laughs) Thanks for the money. Yeah, and you could argue that, oh, well, don't pay for it if you're not going to do it. But life happens. Things happen, you know? Like, sometimes you just can't play Pokemon even though you thought you were going to be able to. Especially especially if you have kids, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and does yeah. that mean I should never buy these research? Like, I like them. But there's been a... I mean, mostly, there is one advantage to the paid timed research rather than special research. And that's if you don't, if you don't manage to do it in time, it's not cluttering up your research forever. which is what happened with Froakie Community Day for me I had six months of that thing in my special research oh don't don't mind me I'm still looking for 15 polywags to finish yeah try a full year for a December Community Day research not being able to get any of them hey they're still spawning grubbing I'm still ticking away at that one I don't have anything just now except the, the party play one and the one that's currently ongoing that they've not decided to finish yet. Oh, Al, we can party so, play when you come to LA. Well, that is my plan. That's my plan. Sino <laughs> Tour, I am doing all of the party play, right? That's all, that's all we're doing that weekend. Party play all the time. Yeah, I know there's, there's conversations around like, oh, Niantic must have cranked up the tickets because they're not making as much money on remote raid passes, which... I think I think you're giving Niantic too much credit. I think that's such a simple like I think even if there was unlimited remote raid passes and they were still a dollar, I don't see why they still wouldn't have done this. This is just like the they road like money. Yeah, like <laughs> like we're making money over here, but like even even logically they're different customers. Like you have a set of people that are like, I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to do 20 raids a day. I'm just going to keep cranking that lever, which is remote raid passes. And I'm going to keep doing these raids until the thing is shiny or the thing is a hundred or the thing is a hundred shiny, right? Like, and then you have people that 
oh, I am going to go out for community day and I'm going to buy this $1 thing. Oh, that that Halloween pose does look really cool. And I am going to go out this weekend and play. So I will buy the $5 thing and do the Halloween quest. Like they are pretty opposite. Like I, there are players that probably would buy both. Um, and I am sure there are some players that are like, I do leave my house a lot. I want to do the egg incubator thing, so I'm going to buy that. And there are some people that are like, I don't do eggs at all because all I do is remote raids. I don't actually walk. I don't think that these tickets are because they're not making money in remote raid passes. I just think these tickets are here because they like money. Like, I, <laughs> And I do know that 2023 was not as profitable as 2022 or 2021. But Niantic still made over $600 million. I just like, to anyone that's like, ah, Pokemon Go is dead. Oh, $600 million is a dead game? Mm, they made like 700, I think it was like $680 million, I think the year before. Like, still a lot of money. <laughs> still a lot of money. Still like top 15 top apps all time in the apple app store <laughs> and they laid off plenty of people so they could keep even more of it yeah well <laughs> a lot of a lot of tech has laid off a lot of people yes that hasn't stopped yeah microsoft has well like on their third rounds of layoffs twitch just had big layoffs um not not i don't yeah <laughs> al you still got you're in tech you still got a job Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. We 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 had we had we had layoffs, but we had five people laid off a year ago, and it's a country of five hundred, uh, company of five hundred people. So it it was fine. We're fine. <laughs> and I think our 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 income. Well, like we're con consultants, so there's always people who will spend unnecessary amounts of money on consultants. The 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 big ticket item. I know this for sure. For Niantic to do is to. To pull that uh, mega YouTube button. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that's they get that's it, for they sure get to pull coming it twice. with GoFest, right? That's going to be a GoFest thing. Yeah, because what Rayquaza was this past year, right? Mega. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't. I agree. It will be a GoFest. I don't think it will be this this year's Go. I think they have too many megas left because they've got like nine nine left. Do they really I have nine? I yeah, think I thought it was more like five. Well, look, it's like not. they haven't said it, but Lucario has to make its debut That's... next month, right? <laughs> I think, mm, possibly. I mean, they've already got a lot of things happening for Synod. Like, yeah. I can see them going, let's leave that to GoFest and then Mega Mewtwo's for next year. But they could also, they could pull that Mega Mewtwo lever twice because there's two of them. Why would they yeah. do them both at the same time when they can do them <laughs> yeah, I mean, separately? That's, that's true as well. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be giving them ideas. I, like, like they've not thought about this. <laughs> uh, I mean, like we, we, I like Lucario is a probably a, Lucario is a big one. I don't care about Lucario, but Lucario is undoubtedly powerful uh, or popular and powerful. <laughs> um, Metag Metagross is another big one that people really mm -hmm. like that they haven't pulled the trigger on in the Mewtwo. I mean, I guess you have like Audino. To those like six people out there that love Audino, I don't think Audino is like moving the needle. Well, it was it's enough to get the candy and then you're done. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think like energy. Sorry, Audino would replace Lopunny as like. I just don't think it would be. It's just normal, isn't it? Is, did, did is it normal fair? Does it add fairy? I don't actually know. 
It's one of the ones that you always forget because I always forget how, just how many megas there are. And when I look at the list, oh yeah, I forgot that one had one. Uh, it is Mega Fairy or Mega Fairy, Normal Fairy. Normal Fairy. <laughs> it goes yes. from normal to normal fairy. Yeah. Yeah. I know they haven't released Heracross. I'm pretty sure that's because mm. the typing is going to mess up some metas in the PVP or something like that. In the well, in the weird uncapped mega MVP yeah. PVPs that they do like once a year. I think that's what I heard as a reason they're speculating. Mega Heracross and uh Nope, just Mega Heracross for the Megas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh I think I think that's everything. All right. So we'll, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, last segment is going to be about the epilogue of Scarlet and Violet. So we will be right back. Calling all vendors and non-vendors alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Me Undies. From all black classics to fun, expressive prints, Me Undies has a look for everyone. They have new Valentine's Day prints like Electric Hearts or Lovebirds. Plus, they come in sizes from extra small to 4XL, guaranteeing a flattering cut for everybody. I don't know if you know this, but Me Undies isn't just about underwear. You can explore their huge collection featuring joggers, hoodies, onesies, and more. Me Undies has a signature fabric that is as soft as a warm hug from your favorite sweater. It's breathable, stretchy, and oh so comfy, making it an ideal wear for all day use. On top of that, if you're not happy with your first pair of undies, it's on Me Undies. This Valentine's Day, good things come in big packages at Me Undies. Get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash PKMNCST. That is MeUndies.com slash PKMNCST for 20% off plus free shipping. Me Undies, comfort from the outside in. And we are back from our break. All right, we're going to talk about the epilogue spoilers for the hour and half that it probably took most people hannah was this everything that you wanted to wrap up your scarlet <laughs> and violet experience they answered all your questions <laughs> no not not a single question was answered i think uh but it was still fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> It was a fun time. It was kind of the perfect length. Um, yeah, I think I played it through twice. And the fun th I, the second time I managed to do it in about 45 minutes. And I know that because I was watching your playthrough of it, Steve, while doing it the second time, just to compare how long it takes. And it was about 45 minutes. And about half of that was the battles when you're absolutely spamming through the dialogue. Yeah, there's if like... If you don't what, like to read... <laughs> four battles, I think. I think five. I think five. Oh, five. Yeah, I think you're right. Because, yeah, Nimona is the fourth one, and then you battle Pet Petcherunt. Yep. Yeah. And then yeah, the battle you, know, you don't get to see. I think, I think Hannah and I are in the same boat where we thought they were going to, like, 
maybe answer a couple more questions. And they they didn't. But what they yep. they gave isn't like necessarily bad. It was just like like it was. I I think the word I would use to describe the epilogue was charming. If you don't care about the characters, or if you didn't like Arvin or Penny or Kieran. I could easily be see you be very annoyed that you have to go through all of this dialogue um, to then do a couple battles to then catch your mythical Pokemon at the end. Yeah. So like that's fair. I could I could definitely see why somebody would be like, oh my god. I well, I mean, I've heard people be like, oh, there was so much dialogue, and you're you're correct. There was a lot of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> it was much more of a story. I mean, it was it was very yeah, much more dialogue based than the rest of the games. It was dialogue, battle, dialogue, battle, dialogue, battle. But it also just felt fun to go through the story. And I don't know, I saw a lot more people talking about how much they like the characters after all of this. Yeah, no. How everybody's going to be so sad to leave these characters behind. I saw so much positivity around the epilogue. So that was nice. Yeah, I, so I'm not... I mean, everyone knows I don't like to read in video games, but um, I think... It felt like a good amount, even though there was a lot of it, because it was so short. I think if the entirety of a 40-hour game was that, I would not enjoy that. Mm. But having like less than two hours of that, I think, it, yeah, it was fun. Because it was a fun story as well. Like I, I, I really enjoyed what it was doing. Um, it was, you know, silliness, and I love silliness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was way sillier than I was expecting it to be. I was expecting to go in there and have it just be serious and and be about uh, possession and influence and evil, and and it was about some of that. Oh man! But it was not when Kieran gets donked in the head. Holy cow! That was probably the best part of the whole thing. I don't think anybody. What, who hadn't seen what was coming was expecting what it was. I watched so many people just because it was so short. You were able to go and watch so many people go and play through it. And I watched so many people get to the part with um, Carmine and either start dancing along with her or just go, what? What is happening? What is happening right now? The one thing it does answer is that Kieran was never under and like influence. I disagree. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Go on. <laughs> I'm strapped I, and I'm ready for this. <laughs> I am not convinced. I don't think. I don't think there is enough evidence. Uh, what I really want to do is go through and play and listen for musical cues because that's the one thing that I think is going to convince me one way or the other. But the reason I am not fully convinced that the theory that I have been following is wrong is because. Once again, Scarlet has the better dex entry for Petrarant. And Scarlet's dex entry for Petrarant says that it draws that its toxic capabilities draw out desires and capabilities. And that is exactly what happened to Kieran. Mm. Those words, that is exactly what happened to Kieran. Thing is, we we didn't every single person that we saw under the influence of Petrarant was not acting like themselves at all though like we didn't see that happen they were they were all acting very similarly and in a non in inhuman kind of way a dancing kind the of the loyal way. three don't though the loyal three don't do that their eyes don't glow they don't go saying mochi mochi all the time 
And even in the video that uh, was released post-epilogue, even though the old couple's eyes do glow, they don't just act the same way as everyone did in the epilogue, dancing around and saying mochi mochi. Clearly, Petrarant's abilities affect individuals differently to different extents. I mean, it is it is a mythical Pokemon. And when you have a mythical Pokemon like Hoopa being able to like open rings, and then you have like Celebi that can time travel, I can't imagine Petrarant is like, I just throw donuts at people, which like is a <laughs> great thing. Like when you hit Kieran in the head with a donut, like that's awesome. But I, 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 I totally see where Hannah's coming from is like there, there must be more that it does like besides just being like, Toxic chain, here's some donuts, now you dance like a chicken. The one other thing that convinced me, because I was going and looking for looking for people breaking this down, because I'm, I I still really think that Kieran had at least a little bit of influence from Petrarant. Maybe it wasn't the same degree, but the piece of artwork from when they were announcing Blueberry Academy that has... All of the Elite Four club on one side and the player characters yeah. on the other side and Kieran and Carmine standing in the middle. Kieran's hand, the one that he used to punch the shrine of the Loyal Three, is glowing purple just a little bit. The same little purple glow that you get around all of the characters <laughs> in the epilogue. I mean, So like, I'm still not convinced. I think they just deliberately didn't answer it. That, that, that's like not surprising in any way. They also made a character that was 3,000 years old and 20 feet tall, and they didn't answer anything about that man. <laughs> uh, not not a lick. They <laughs> yeah, it definitely answered as many questions as I was expecting them to. So, <laughs> I think Pokemon games have always been like open to interpretation with some stuff. For better or for worse, like some people really like that, some people don't. <laughs> The the thing about the the epilogue that stood out to me, and I don't know why, I don't know why I have this feeling, but you, you battle, like, two nobodies right away. They're just, like, random, and I can't even remember what Pokemon they use. It's, like, it, it's, it's not a double, it is a double battle, but it's technically a multi-battle because you can't control what your like, opponent's, your whatever's doing. I kind of, I should have, in retrospect, I should have knocked out Kieran's Pokemon because I... After his Polyrath, yeah, he brings. I want to see his whole team. He brings out Hydrapple, and I never saw what came after Hydrapple. So the first interesting thing there is he has Polyrath again, and I think I talked about this with the battle with Kieran, where he has a Politoed. Which the interesting thing is, like, yeah, it's still the Poly line, but you you have to like start over. So he started over and got a Politoed, which like people change their teams, you know, like Hop changed his team, like all that stuff. So the fact that he like stuck with the polyline but went toad instead of wrath, I was like, oh, like that's a noticeable change in your team composition. And then in this instance, he went back to wrath, which I think is even more interesting because like wrath fit his old personality or his like stuck up, I'm um, gonna be vengeful personality, and like switching to toad was more of like. Like, he was still that angry, edgy boy, but, like, Toad made more sense competitively. He went, going back to, maybe I'm overthinking, but going back to Wrath was, like, 
why why is this your lead Pokemon for all of these battles? I guess the way I saw it was that he was going back to the Pokemon he wanted to use instead of the Pokemon that were the best for his team composition. I mean, Wrath, you have Incineroar right there, man. Like that's a use that po- <laughs> that's a cool Pokemon. <laughs> I couldn't find any place, and maybe I just didn't look hard enough. I wanted to try and find what his entire team had been because so, I also wanted to check. But yeah, it's up. It's up on Bulbapedia now. Um, interestingly, he does have. For the first, uh, he has he has all six. He can choose from all six Pokemon. He doesn't just have three, which is interesting. So I guess it, he there's probably some AI logic behind you know how he chooses which Pokemon based on what's out there and what you have. But it's Polyrath, Dragonite, Porygon Z, Grimmsnarl, Incineroar, and Hydrapple. So he just which literally is, that's just the same up. team but with different Poly. Yeah. Hmm. Me and Hannah are just like, Steve, you're the one that reads into the battles. Yeah, no, I, I haven't had time to like go through uh his his team like I did the, the first time. But like that first battle, I was just like, the most interesting thing here is the Polyrath. I don't why am I battling these NPC people? How many of these like battles do I have to do to get back up to the shrine? And then the second battle was against Kieran's grandparents, right? Like I think they're his mm-hmm. grandparents. Yep. And that was significantly more interesting and fun to like run, like to me at least. And that's why like I, I, I'm thinking about this in a way of like, I get to that first battle. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, here we go. Let me like, I'm just going to use level 100s because like, even if I brought what, like they were like, what level 82 or something. I was like, even if I brought like a level 82 Pokemon, there's like zero challenge here. Like they're not going to be that difficult. And then. I get to the grandparents and I'm like, oh, am I going to battle Kieran's grandparents? That's kind of crazy. And then like the battle is like starting. I was like, oh, grandma and grandpa are battling. Like, That's cool. And then I think the interesting thing was like the grandpa has Arbok and and Weezing. And you're like, OK, like that. that that's not a coincidence that like you have Arbok <laughs> and Weezing, right? Like that's just like a very like like it doesn't like mean anything. But at the same time, it's like we all know that Arbok and Weezing come together and then the grandma has like chandelier and something else and i was like oh man i wish this made more sense maybe it's just chandelier and i don't remember her other pokemon but even though it was like as easy as the first battle i think it was just more fun to do because they were characters that we familiarized ourselves with and to see them have pokemon i feel like this is not talked about enough but like when you apply Pokemon to a trainer, you're applying more characteristics to them. Like you, you like it, you just know more about them. Like when when I tell people like my favorite Pokemon are like, oh, I really like Cramorant and I like Golden Go and I like uh, Swadloon. They're like, oh, you like a bunch of derpy po. Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, I feel like you you just you learn so much about a character when you see like the pokemon they use in a pokemon game but yeah obviously you can also apply that to like real life people and like the pokemon they pick oh yeah a person's choice in pokemon definitely tells you a bunch about them but i think i think with each of the battles they kind of stepped up the situation and it was all part of the story it was uh Oh no, the town is possessed. Oh no, Kieran's grandparents are possessed. Oh no, 
Arvin and and Penny are possessed, and just with each level, this just keeps getting into more and more of a situation. Mm. And it was fun. Yeah. And I'm I'm someone who hates zombie stories. This was kind of like that, but it wasn't enough like that that it put me off of it. The thing that I really liked was how, even though they're all doing the same thing, right? They're all doing the, you know, your chicken actions. They're all subtly different animations that have something, just in, in, in terms of like, we're talking about personality here, right? They're, they're all like, if you, so when you're, when you're about to battle Arvin and Penny, you get the option of talking about one of them. Um, and I can't remember what it was when with Penny, but it's something about her being over enthusiastic or something like that. I think. Um, but if you talk about Arvin, Kieran says, "Oh, does he look a little embarrassed to you?" <laughs> so, I think that's a. Uh, I think that's a default line. It's one of my favorite lines in the entire epilogue. Yeah, it's um, it's it's very funny to me. Um, Arvin's the idea dancing of... is the most different. But the main characters are the ones who have the slightly different dancers. I think all of the background characters are all kind of the same. Oh, well, I wasn't really paying attention but to them. Arvin, Arvin <laughs> is hesitant and embarrassed and and stuttering over the whole thing. The way yeah. I was telling people was that if I tried to do that, I would look like Arvin. Penny was really <laughs> into it. So much so, yeah. Before you even get to like the dancing stuff, you have uh, like all of them coming together and you have the... like. I remember the call of like, come, come back home. And I'm like, oh, I have a house. I forgot. I haven't been there in like 900 hours. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, I they showed it at different angles than you can ever play it in actual in game because you can't move your camera around in that house. But when you're in the cutscenes, mm. you can actually see different angles of the house. Yeah. So they exist. I thought overall, like the dialogue was, was good. Like it, it made, like, I, I don't expect like, award-winning dialogue from most games let alone a pokemon game but like i felt like how it was written didn't feel out of place or like it like it wasn't it wasn't like again super interesting or it wasn't even like super memorable some of the stuff they said but like when you're reading it it was just like oh yeah that like this makes sense coming from arvin this makes sense coming from penny it like it did it, it also felt like a game written in 2023 and i don't know if i'm explaining that right versus like yeah this dialogue makes sense like if we lived in like 2006 <laughs> like it like it did feel mo like modern dialogue which again is something i really don't expect from a pokemon i game like i always feel like that's like two three four years behind in like current trends but it did feel up to date, if, again, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, the, the language that they used was definitely uh, modern and kind of filled with a, a little bit of modern slang. But that was in the Scarlet and Violet main game, too. I, I'm pretty sure uh, Director no, it, Clavel it, asks you what Chugi means. Yeah. That was a little outdated, but um, they've, they've tried to keep it up a little bit. A little bit outdated, but it makes sense for somebody who's only just realizing yeah. that this word is a thing. And yeah, the kids have already moved away from it, <laughs> but he doesn't realize that. <laughs> I yeah, think it, it was... Felt... A... Sorry. A lot of the dialogue felt... I cringed at a lot of it, but not because it didn't feel realistic, but just because that is exactly how I feel 
this conversation with these awkward people would end up going when they're <laughs> meeting each other for the first time. And yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed so much of it. I was a little bit weirded out, a little bit put off by how protective Arvin was and like almost jealous of Kieran. That was a little bit surprising, but not too surprising once you think about how few friends he seems to have had in his lifetime and that kind of thing. I don't know. I felt like all of the dialogue was so good. I read all of it out loud. So every line felt like there was there was even that. I mean, yeah, there was the little mini story of Arvin being jealous of Kieran and then kind of getting over that and realizing that, okay, we're all now friends. And there was the meeting scene between Kieran and Nimona, which everybody... I, uh, lots of people had been looking forward to because Nimona is way too much for Kieran. Oh, that's the worst part about the epilogue. I wanted to see that <laughs> battle. I am so <laughs> mad that they were like, we're going to have Kieran and Nimona ba battle and we're not going to show it. Like, wh what? Like, did they single battle? Did they double battle? Why did Kieran lose? What Pokemon did she use? What Pokemon did he use? Like, I that's... The whole epilogue's bad. I want to just see the battle. Just give me the battle. That's all. That's all I wanted. <laughs> like that. That is like the most frustrating thing as a Pokemon fan. Whether that's like in-game lore of like these two characters. They do this in Masters all the time, where they're like, "We're gonna have these two characters are finally gonna meet. They're gonna like dish out their things, and then something happens, and then like you never see that in Masters." Which like I makes sense, I guess. Uh, also, a different type of battling technically in Masters. But, like, even in the anime, where you're, like, watching a genuinely good battle between, like, Ash and a gym leader, and then Team Rocket comes in, and then it's, like, the oh, battle's on hold, and you're, like, no, I don't care about this. I want to see the battle. <laughs> like, it's so yeah, frustrating. The, the, yeah, they even did that with, with the, like, the World Championship final two years ago, whenever it was, actually ended up happening. It's like that gets interrupted as well. It's like they, they can't stop interrupting battles <laughs> in the anime. <laughs> this is, we care about this. We want to see this through. <laughs> yeah. I, I also think we're unlikely to see this battle in the anime because I think with the last couple of series, they've been less focusing on the game characters in the anime. Like with Journeys, it was, you know, the game characters, they exist in the world and in kind of like earlier games ash was quite often you know friends with them and i feel like with kind of sun and moon is when they started like those friends the the group of five or wherever they were they existed but we only saw them a few times and then it's got to this point where i think we're like 18 episodes in or no 20, 20 something episodes in and we've seen namona once okay. um so it's yeah Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> it would be nice to watch. If only it wasn't delayed until March 7th or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it, it just feels like they're... And, and that's that's fine, you know, but it does mean that I think we're very unlikely to get see a battle between these two in the anime. That confuses me a bit. I'd been kind of hoping that some of the questions that weren't answered in, in Scarlet and Violet the games would maybe be answered in the anime because I'd seen Tarapagos is in there and Nimona's in there, but... They could the like second year. Like, usually the yeah. first year is still building that world. Um, they had to have single battle, right? Like, there's no way. Kieran's bat. I'm, I'm still thinking about this. Kieran's team is so <laughs> double battle focused, and he has such a hard strategy. 
and Nimona's is not. She she does she has a very single focused team. Like well, you know the conversation would go. Kieran says, "Oh, should we do double battles?" And Nimona says, "No single battles." And he goes, "Oh, okay," yeah. <laughs> and just yeah, lets I mean, it happen. That, that's, <laughs> that's probably actually how it went. I did. Bo- it bothered me a lot that he lost. <laughs> like, like he, 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 like he, you were the only one to defeat him, and Nimona, you defeated Nimona too. But Nimona has lost in other situations as well. Yeah, and I I get the disappointment there, but I think that the interaction that came out of it between Kieran and Nimona, where Kieran goes, yeah, it was good, but I lost. And Nimona says, that's okay, it's okay to lose, we're having fun, was something that Kieran needed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yes, story and development, like, I I get it. Also, it had to be be single battle. There's no way he would have lost double. Man has I mean, he could just be... He could just be bad now that he's not, you know, possessed by Petrant anymore. Maybe Petrant <laughs> had. I still don't all think of possessed this. was the right word, but influenced. <laughs> you know, there were. The, Let's not get into the semantics. <laughs> oh, I have semantics for later. Uh, um, for, for the record, with when the teal mask came out, and I do not want to spend a lot of time on this, but there there were people that were upset that like you as a player character lies to Kieran, right? Like that that was a point of contention for a lot of people. I get it. Um, but I also get that that's the story they're telling of like, we want this boy to be lied to. So he feels like he was upset. I have that feeling with like Arvin in general, which is like totally like not as serious as that. But like the constant like Arvin being like, oh, man, we're best friends. We've been friends where you can't be his friend because I'm his friend. I I never felt that way with Arvin. I just like. And they just put it on you so heavy throughout that epilogue. And, like, I get it, because that's the story they're trying to tell. But, like, nowhere did I feel that connection with Arvin. Like, I felt bad for his dog. I totally got the story you're telling of, like, save his dog. I 100%. Kind of sucks that your parent is missing and teleported back and talked to you, but not him. I understand all of that, but like I never had a connection with Arvin. So all of that stuff of like jealousy and oh my gosh, your mom is the best and we're friends forever just like bounced right off me. And I was just like, people didn't like lying to Kieran because I, and I think a lot of that is like, you don't have control. And I don't have control over that part of the story of like Arvin being buddy buddy. And I wish there was. Again, I wish the questions you answer in that game of like, do you want to be a strong trainer? Do you want to be a collector? Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want ham? Do you want sausages? None of that stuff matters. And yeah, I wish it did. Because like when you got to like these parts of the game, whether it's lying or whether it's buddy buddy or whether you had to do this, you have to do it because that's the story they're telling at the end of the day. And that's unfortunate. I mean, that's that's the difference between games and, and other media, right? Other media, you expect to be told this story. Games, you expect to have some kind of influence on that. Um, I will say, I kind of, I do agree with you. However, I think if I was in that situation that my player character was in, where Arvin was being like that, 
my player character did exactly what I would do, which is nothing. Don't mention it. <laughs> don't refer to it, right? This is an incredibly awkward situation. Jeez. I hate this, but I am not going to tell you that we're not friends, right? Oh, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think, goodness gracious, y'all don't read enough. Um, you, you don't read enough of the dialogue. Um, so most of Arvin's friendship comes after the way out. Yeah, yeah, It yeah, comes... Yeah. As you all are coming back up from Area Zero, it comes in the dialogue that you are talking to Arvin in the library and in his dorm room after all of this. And so that's where most of the the feelings of friendship with Arvin come from, along with having helped him and his and his dog. Uh, but also I know that other people have felt the same way you feel, Steve, about Nimona which is wild to me because I love Nimona, but I have absolutely seen people hate her still and yeah. they hate having to interact with her like that in this game. And so, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it really is just the story that they, they have decided to tell. I, I will say there is a bit of a problem, I feel, in having so much character development in the little bits and pieces after the main story, only in the sense that we then continue that story. I think... If it were, there was no DLC, there was no extra thing, and you just had the bits with Arvin in and amongst the school, and that kind of gave you more of that relationship and of his personality. The problem then is that you don't need to do any of that. You can easily ignore all of that, and then you just jump straight in with two feet into this point here. I think the strongest bit is as you're coming out of Area Zero, the little part before the credits start. That's really the strongest thing tying you to Arvin, and you can't skip that. Yeah, no, I know, and that uh, that felt awkward to me. I I didn't like. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of that because that felt just like, oh, we've just like because we did we not we I think we I feel like we talked about that where it was like he's just found out that his parents died, and then yeah. we get out, and we've not talked about that, and then suddenly he's like we're best friends. That felt weird as well like i can't remember exactly what it was he said it's been too long and i'm not playing through the game a fifth time um <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, remind no, myself I, I, of what it was gosh i i remember that part too being like man you just found out your parents died and we've kind of moved on but then i think they do come back to it at a certain point for a second or so they, they come back to it a couple of times and they definitely hint to it in the in the dialogue in this epilogue but as the credits are starting to roll I think Arvin just wants to fly home or go home real quick or something like that. And Penny and Nomona and your character all go over to support him. Yeah. I'm, it, yeah, I'm not saying this stuff shouldn't exist. It yeah. just feels awkward when you've got that bit that is completely, that stuff that's completely optional, that one point, one tiny bit at the end of the main story aside, right? You've got all this optional stuff that then rely on to make you feel stuff in the DLC. It just feels a little bit weird. Yeah, and we're not talking about any of the interactions in the club room, which adds more to all of these characters' stories. Yeah, I haven't even started any of them yet. I've been so distracted no. with other things <laughs> in the game. So the other thing I wanted to bring up uh, is comparing this to like other events. Uh, I think the biggest one is probably the Victini event uh, in Black and White. Any ever since then, ever since Black and White, people are like they they just give us mythicals through GameStop, which is true. That is the like. There's the technically. <laughs> you're right. You you want uh you want this mythical? Go to GameStop. I they did you know do the the shiny Zeraora through doing raid battles in Isle of Armor, and I thought that was a really cool way to give out a mythical 
in my opinion. I remember my entire experience of the black and white. I remember going to Mall of America when 15 years ago or however, 13 years ago, and getting my game and sitting in the mall and playing the game and then going back to the mall the next day to because that was like my first time ever at Mall of America. You've never been to Mall of America. It's very big for somebody who is your first time there. And also I was like 20 years old. And then I remember sitting in like the Noodles in Company, which I think is still there today, and redeeming the Victini thing and then doing it. Because you, you, you only had to get like, what, two, three hours into the game to get the Victini. Yeah. And it didn't, like, it was cool to get Victini, but I, I don't remember that event being that, like, special, right? Like, you get to Castelia, you take the little boat over, it's on Victory Island. I think it's called Victory Island. I think there's a couple uh, Team Plasma grunts you fight, and then you catch Victini, and that's it. But that fluff, or whatever you want to call it, is very memorable to a lot of people, more so than just going to GameStop and doing it. I... Don't know if I want like every mythical Pokemon given to me like Victini or Petrarunt. Petrarunt is obviously a lot more dialogue and I I think technically more things to do. Although I get the complaint of like I don't want to just give like I don't want to walk into GameStop for my mythical experience. I get that as well. I think the thing that I really liked was Keldeo in Isle of Armor. I liked that it wasn't really battles it was just catch pokemon so it was like find these tracks mm -hmm. okay you found the tracks now catch these pokemon okay now take these pokemon here and now you get keldeo i think that was way more interesting and fit how i would want to experience that um but i don't know maybe i'm the minority with that I think there's going to be people on all sides of this, right? So that it's going to be the classic thing where people are like, oh, you complain when there's no story, you complain when there's story. And just, just to remind people listening, those are two groups of people, two different groups of people, right? Those people both exist. Um, I think I would agree with you that I wouldn't want this for every mythical if we were back at Gen 4 with six different mythical Pokemon. <laughs> But we've had one this generation, and I suspect we're not getting another one. I think that that's it done, right? And we're pro and we only got one last generation. We only got the one in Gen Eight, I think. Zarud. <laughs> yes, Zarud. That was the one. That was the name. So I think if it's one a generation, I'm totally fine with this amount of work to get it. I think it's it's a bit more fun than just getting that. Um, I will say, if you want to farm these. That's going to be absolutely dreadful to try and farm them, which is probably one of the reasons why they've done it. Yeah. Because uh, you have to play through the entire game, and the entire DLC, and then Dialogue Simulator to get it. I mean, you could um, farm Kelio do... too. It's just a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, it's the same nightmare, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I do like how you can catch it in your own ball um, as you do with Keldeo and with summer ones, but oh, those have only been on release. I don't know if we've, have we had ones where you could catch the first time it's out in your own Pokeball? I don't remember. Maybe, I guess, Crystal Cerebi and Crystal? Cer 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 yeah, Mr. you can catch Mr. Cerebi, yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like that. Um, I especially like that it was a raid style, so you you defeat it and then you guaranteed catch 
Yeah, I do. I I do like that. that. Really, when when we come down to like catching Pokemon, and I've said this since, let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee. Catching Pokemon is so outdated and so unfun, and that's why I liked Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, because like when you battled the legendaries, which are only four, but just Zapdos, Moltres, Articuno, Mewtwo, it made sense. It made sense to defeat these Pokemon and then catch them, like versus just throw Pokeballs and like. People and I know the complaint of Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee was like, ah, I miss the old way of catching. The old way of catching was just false swipe and sleep and throw a Pokeball. There was maybe yeah. an exception where it was like a Geodude and you would have been like, okay, I'm going to soak it first, then false swipe it, then put it to sleep and throw a Pokeball. And then at that point, you're just chucking Pokeballs until RNG says, you got it. And it's yeah. not, it, it like, it's not great. It's not fun. Like if you have very thick nostalgia glasses, if like, well, back, well, I grew up with this way. Yeah, we also grew up with newspapers. We don't use those anymore. Like, let's move on. Like we, 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 that ship has sailed. Games have changed. Respect my time a little bit more. I liked Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee because it there was multiple ways to make it easier to catch. Heck, you could just grab two Pokeballs if you wanted to to catch. I think defeating like Mewtwo first and then catching it felt more memorable of like oh i have this battle first and then once i defeat him i'm like worthy enough to catch it and i also think that's why people liked legends arceus because i think it had a good mix of this new style of catching catching felt very fluid very fast um you could be strategic and how you like land and get behind it or you could just walk up to it and catch it the old-fashioned way, which was great. It was great that they had both. To all the people that are still like, my Pokemon's changing. You got the old way, too. Uh, so, great. Perfect. In <laughs> in this instance, I have zero desire to catch the 25 legendary Pokemon they brought back. Not because they're shiny locked. That doesn't really bother me because I already have all of them shiny anyways. I just don't want to sit there and throw Pokeballs over and over. It's just not interesting to me at all. And there's there's nothing fun about that. If all of those legendaries were set up like Petcharunt or like Okie Doggy or like Fezzendipity, well, I guess technically you battle them the first time and then you catch them the second time, but the, the raid style battle, that to me, is, like, the solution to this. I'm not saying, like, when you do a Pidgey, it should be in a raid-style battle to, like, catch the Pidgey. But I think these legendary Pokemon should have, like... You shouldn't experience Chen Pao for the first time and be like, man, Chen Pao looks cool. Let me just keep chucking Pokeballs till I catch it. Like, don't you think, like, the first time you experience Chen Pao, you should maybe experience the power that is Chen Pao and be like, ah, I defeated this legendary sword scoliosis cat who I absolutely love. And now I get to catch it instead of like, I'm just going to put it to sleep and check Pokeballs. I'm glad you brought up the let's go example because I, I was the same. I, I loved how that worked. I do actually think that it, it would be fine to have it for all Pokemon. Like it doesn't need to be in the 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 same way like, oh, you've got the health bar, bar at the top and it's like all dramatic. <laughs> like obviously you don't need that for the, the lower level Pokemon. But the idea of knock out the Pokemon and then get the chance to catch it, I, I think could absolutely work for everything. And I think that if you did that, 
in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, people would much less hate the catching. They would have been much... There still would have been an aspect of it because obviously you've got the motion controls. Yeah. I think there would have been less complaints because if you want to battle the Pokemon to get to grind your XP, you can still do that. I do find it really funny. I This shows you how I played Legends. I, I, I honestly... This conversation is the first time I knew you could catch normally Pokemon in that game. I, I legitimately <laughs> didn't know that was a thing in Legends. Um, I thought you had it was all throwing the Pokeballs. I didn't realize you could battle and then catch them. Oh yeah, like yeah, a traditional yeah, yeah, Pokemon can. game. Yeah. I honestly did like because I wasn't getting into battle with any wild Pokemon. I was avoiding <laughs> every like I was just and I wasn't even like there was a few cases where I was like oh this is a rare Pokemon I need to go behind it and do blah blah blah. But most of the time I was just like throw ball throw ball everything I can see all the time. I loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah, I think that a mix of the Legends style catching like that and the Raid style catching just a little bit downgraded would be perfect. Just for every single Pokemon. If you want to go into a battle and defeat the Pokemon and then have a choice of which Pokeball you get to use, that's great. If you want to just chuck a Pokeball at it, that's also great. I think they probably need to to not allow you just to throw poke- Pokeballs at random mythicals. Uh <laughs> For, for the mythicals, maybe just do yeah. the raid, raid style. But yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of just just coming in and just like, <laughs> I see a Mewtwo, I'm throwing balls at it. <laughs> I remember previewing Scarlet and Violet early uh, when like Nintendo brought me out. No, actually, they did not. I, I will, full disclosure, they did not pay for that first trip that I did to New York. I paid for it. They asked me if I wanted to come out, but they couldn't compensate me. And I was like, ah, I feel like playing a brand new generation early is a good use of my money. <laughs> so I, I paid my own way out there, Papa Nintendo. But I remember playing it early, right? And then I remember talking about how like the um, terrestrialized wild Pokemon, like you couldn't just catch them. You had to like break their shield first and then you could catch them, which I think is like, getting to what i i would prefer in a like similar to the articuno mewtwo and like let's go like you can't just the problem with that is they're just so useless to catch and that was my worry and i'm i'm almost positive i said this on the podcast of like i bet these pokemon are not going to rotate or change or do it and they don't and that's such a huge miss in that game that like that ice floatzel that you probably find for the first time right outside of um Oh, gosh, I can't remember any of the cities in Scarlet and Violet. Uh, the Bug City, where Katie is. There's like a ice floatzel that you might find for the first time. 14 months later, still an ice floatzel there. Like, no one is encountering that because there's no need to encounter it. Because, like, in what universe do you need an ice floatzel after playing this game for 900 hours? You just don't. <laughs> and so that was, like, I think a huge miss of, like, you have these terrestrialized pokemon around the map and you have to like actually battle them and break their shield to in order to catch them but they don't rotate they don't change they don't and it just felt like that was like one of the things you could have done with outbreaks changing every day is these pokemon could have changed and i don't know it's a bummer i i i agree because i i I remember you saying that and i was like there's no way that they'll be the same there's no way that it will just be the exact (laughs) same pokemon in the same spot every time um, I, I think the interesting thing is they, they didn't, I was expecting it to be any Pokemon can spawn at these locations with a random Terra type mm-hmm. and you're just, you just have to, you, you know, 
and it and it wasn't that. I think the other interesting thing is that it wasn't they didn't even tie it into events, right? Because you've got event outbreaks and event raids. They didn't even do that where they could go, oh, we're gonna have every Pokemon, every Terra Pokemon on the map's gonna be a fairy type or something like that. They didn't even have something like that that could have didn't need to be something that was changing every day necessarily, but would give you something different. I, I think they they leaned completely into raids for that sort of thing and then and then eventually outbreaks. Have either of you been paying close enough attention to the random Terra Pokemon in Blueberry Academy to know if they stay the same every day or not? Because I don't They're think, different. I mean, I know they're different Pokemon every day, and I think the locations are different too. Yeah. Uh, I think that in Blueberry they've they've improved on a lot of the okay. criticisms that people have had on the Paldea map. For the first time last night I saw a Stellar Terra Drillber, not an Excadrill, a Drillber, which I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and on the Slowpoke Beach, there's a Stellar Terra Pokemon there every single day, but I think it's a different Pokemon every day. Yes, I think so too. The only other thing I have regarding the epilogue, which is more so the overall theme of the game, which is uh, the word paradox which we've, they're called Paradox Pokemon. I think now that the epilogue and the DLC is done and we met the professor who is alive at the lake. Was alive or is, is a, <laughs> existed at some point in time somewhere and for some reason transported into your world. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I have the definition of paradox, a temporal paradox, time paradox, or time travel paradox is a paradox, an apparent contradiction, or a logical contradiction associated with the idea of time travel or other, other foreknowledge of the future. While the notion of time travel to the future complies with the current understanding of physics via relative time dilation, Temporal paradoxes arise from the circulation involving a hypothetical time travel to the past and often used to demonstrate the impossibility. (laughs) Which I think is what (laughs) they were going for in this entire game. Except that's that's the problem I had with that because that's only time they needed to add the space in there, which they did after the second DLC because all of the paradox, most of the paradox Pokemon don't make sense just messing time up the ancient paradox pokemon is based off of a pokeball design a modern pokeball design the future paradox pokemon are sterile they're all mixed up <laughs> well well I, I i mean is there is there are you are you that's, sure that's 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 don't dig too deep into that there are other examples of the ancient paradox pokemon too i promise oh right but, okay oh, i was just gonna, i was gonna i was just gonna argue because like i feel like the pokeball's <laughs> based on it rather than the other way around but yeah don't t- dig too deep in on that one, but the paradox Pokemon don't make sense if only time is slightly messed up. Being space slightly messed up as well was a necessary component, I feel. But yeah, I mean that's 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 what a paradox is. Well, the 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 TCG uses doesn't use the word paradox. They use the word um, future and ancient, which is not <laughs> yeah. surprising. Like the TCG has to use specific words because of how mechanics work and and everything. Um, but I mean, it's still the general theme of like, these Pokemon are old, these Pokemon are new, like your interaction with the professor, like 
confirms that everything was like a paradox technically because you g- gives you the book and then you start it and then it's like a loop technically so like i guess they accomplished that in a sense but of course they didn't there's so many unanswered questions in this game <laughs> which yeah, is, there are which is like still like okay but at least they're a little bit more specific unanswered questions than we have had in previous games. In previous games, we've just had, how does this make sense at all? And this is, how does this and this connect? <laughs> Why yeah, couldn't Rose they- wait 24 hours? Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, because he thought about it now, therefore it has to happen now. Um, I th- they've all, They have played with parallel timelines as well before, right? If you remember the Delta episode. Um, so it's not like this is the first time they've done that sort of thing. And that was more explicit. That was, we are sending this to a different universe. Like, that's not a, it might go to a different universe. That's a, we are sending this. The worry was, oh, it might hit a universe that has people still. (laughs) Yes, we've had the Delta episode. We've had Ultra Beasts and all of their worlds. We have had Legends Arceus, which Ingo's in. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a multiverse in Pokemon yeah. going for so long. It's just kind of a squishy one. And then there's the theory about up. Megas as to whether they're a separate universe as well. You know, yeah. Yep. They're everywhere. I, I like what they did here where they didn't try and explain it. They just went, it's weird. And we know that whatever we're going to say, you're going to have, you're going to pick holes in it. So we're not going to say what. We're just going to say, <laughs> yes, whatever you want, it is that. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fine. I always think of like the Zelda timeline and how oh. they like put out that book, <laughs> but like they knew that that book wouldn't satisfy anyone. Like that book was just a marketing <laughs> gimmick to be like, what was the Skyward Sword was like the first Zelda, right? And like you, you're you're just using this as a marketing gimmick to be like, well, we're putting Skyward Sword at the beginning. It's coming out soon. Here's the book of the timeline that still doesn't really make sense. Like, I don't need all the Pokemon games uh, to, like, line up and make sense completely and be like, I guess also we didn't talk about how Penny's dad is the weird <laughs> mining guy from... Ga- I can't the remember his name. weird mining guy. Peony. Peony. Yes. A bunch of people were very excited about that. Sword and Shield were not my favorite games, so I never would have noticed if someone had not pointed it out to me. But, yeah. Penny and Peony and Peonia, and apparently Penny's name in Japanese is another kind of Peony, and yes, yeah. there's a connection there. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not explicit, it's implied based on... It is heavily a, implied. Yeah, it's heavily implied based on a word that no one else has used in the two Pokemon words. universe. Yes. Uh, adventure oh, yeah, two words, yeah. or something, and then... Ad, advent... Adventure. I can't remember. Adventure. Adventure, yeah. <laughs> Ad, tour. that's what it is, yeah. Um, but it, it's still not explicitly stated, which I'm not saying everything has to be, but I'm I'm just saying if you want to pretend that it's something else, you can. <laughs> but if it is if that, you want to that pretend family, they're slightly more they, distant relatives, yeah. <laughs> that family need to be better at naming their children. That's all I'm saying, right? You but just slightly change one of their names and that's all the children's names. <laughs> does does Penny ever say that she has a sister? You know, I was talking to Greg, and Greg said that Penny said yes, but I don't remember ever hearing Penny talk about a sister. Yeah, I don't remember either. If Hannah doesn't know, I'm certainly not going to know. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> Let's ask the guy who doesn't read. Yeah. 
that's all I have for the epilogue, unless I missed anything, Hannah, that I, I, you wanted to cover that I didn't bring up initially. Are we going to talk about Petrarant's story that's only on YouTube? Uh, we could if I watched it. I have not watched it. <laughs> Steve, oh, what is it you and not watching YouTube stuff? It's because I... I it's first, always YouTube. First I saw it on Twitter and I hit play and then after 30 seconds I was like, this is five minutes long? I'll come back to it later. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I, I I know that people disagree with me. I think it would be fun to have some of that story somewhere in the game. Um, but I th- I thought it was it was fun. Um, we also haven't talked about Petrant itself. Oh yeah, I like him. I I like it. I like I think it when it's, it's fun closed. design. I don't like when it opens. <laughs> um, I also think that the story about how in the no, of course, you, yeah, you've not read it. That's all in the video. No, I mean, you, you can talk about the video. It's not that big of a deal for me. Well, it, it, it kind of, it reframes things again in a third way, right? Because you start off framing the um, the loyal three as, as the goodies, and then they're reframed as the baddies, and then they're reframed as c- kind of complicated, and Petrant is kind of complicated, and it's all a bit like they're not good or bad, they're... Pokemon, I guess, yeah. doing what they're meant to be doing, <laughs> which they're, maybe they're is the point. To... That probably is the point. I really like this thing that Pokemon has honestly done for longer than uh, people usually think about it, where they do reframe these stories from multiple points of view. They they point out how one story can be viewed completely differently or had, or how a myth can be mashed up into multiple different things altogether and you don't know the actual truth. But they're absolutely doing this here. I have kind of mixed feelings about it, partially because it makes the whole Kieran theory more complicated. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I think some people came away from that video seeing Petrant as good and maybe Ogre Pond as bad because the, that video is more from Ogre Pond's point of view. But I rewatched it again this morning and it, it really is kind of closer to neutral. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that, just that, very much. That's like yeah. Pokemon in general. They want like. Yeah. That's like, what I was going to say. I think it frames them in the same way that many Pokemon things have done, which is they do what they're told by humans. And so if they're raised by bad humans, they're going to do bad things. Not that I'm necessarily saying that they, because there's a complication in that the old couple are kind of, kind of controlled by, influenced by Petrant. And yeah. it's, it's a bit, that's a bit complicated, but <laughs> I remember... I'm not saying they're inherently bad either. It's It's more a case of like taking things too literally, I guess, in terms of wanting to get things. I mean, Petrant's mm-hmm. mochi draws out desires, and so Petrant is trying to accomplish what the people it cares about desire. I don't remember a lot of the speculation that was Sword and Shield. I remember two things. I remember everyone thinking that there was going to be armored Pokemon as the gimmick, and that that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then I remember people saying we're going to have our first truly evil Pokemon, which was supposed to be Eternatus. And I remember thinking that of like, because again, Pokemon always frames every Pokemon like what Al said is like, they're only bad because they got bad people. But like every Pokemon is like, even Mewtwo is like soft and cuddly and cute. You know, Giovanni just strapped him into a computer, uh, which is like, fine, whatever. I get that. I don't think the Pokemon company ever portrayed Eternatus as, like, evil. It was just no. being controlled. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was another Pokemon that was being captivated and that was, 
yeah, being captured and trying to be controlled. I think the one Pokemon that I've had people point out to me as maybe the closest we have gotten to an evil Pokemon is Giratina in Legends. But even that, like, was being controlled by Volo. Was? I, to a certain extent. Was, or was it the other way around? <laughs> I mean, he threw the Pokeball, did he not? <laughs> I think it came out of a Pokeball. <laughs> no, I think it came out of a breach in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but even Garatina, you can, like, pet and cuddle with with the Pokemon and me feature in Sudden Moon. <laughs> The Eternatus one is, is also interesting because they go even harder into actually Eternatus is good in the anime. Because I don't know if you remember. Oh, um, see, I did not when... see that part of the anime. So they, they do they do address Eternatus in the anime being like good. Yeah. So so the so Ash's final battle spoilers for a year and a half old episode. Um, Ash's final battle with Leon is interrupted by Eternatus. And it seems like, oh no, bad things are happening. But at the end of it, they're just like, oh no, Eternatus was just protecting us from something. It was like some Gigantamax power or something. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. That that's that that was the conclusion. It was like, no, 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 we thought we thought Eternatus was being bad, but no, it was just protecting us. That's yeah. <laughs> Which remember- is even more explicit than in the games. Yeah, I remember like the first like episode of journeys i think like eternatus is like flying near the plane and they're like oh we felt something (laughs) okay (laughs) we'll get back to this in 300 episodes (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting that they did that in a youtube video and not put it anywhere in the game yeah i was thinking this morning maybe they did that just so that could be one thing data miners couldn't find (laughs) but yeah maybe they just made it too late and it was too behind schedule i don't know yeah i mean regardless if it was in the game or not it should be on youtube anyways for like it doesn't hurt anything being on youtube the the video they released right before the epilogue came out with the magical petra berry or whatever that was was also very good yeah, and that was a uh, also was so should over be the in top. the game. It was amazing. <laughs> I had just been wondering if I had been pronouncing Petra the right way before I started it and had been thinking about that for five mm. minutes, and then the video just goes and says Petra like fifteen, <laughs> twenty times. <laughs> the other, I guess the other the last thing that I've thought about this is we don't have an end date for this mystery gift, do we, we Steve? Still. No. So I feel like that's very unusual for them to do. And I suspect it's like it will just be available for as long as you can really connect to online in these games, which is probably the best they can do with regards to making this event a thing you have to experience and get through the internet and still also make it as accessible as possible. Um, it should just be in the game. Like if I if I go out and I buy Sword and Shield right now, the DLC pack, I can get Kelvio. No matter what. Mm-hmm. If at some but, well, point be- in 10 years I can't enter a mystery gift code, I'm locked out of this. Yeah. They, yeah. they, have, been, they have been making them more accessible. As I, I actually I, I checked this today because I wanted to find out. All of one, Gen 1 to Gen 4 mythical Pokemon you can now get from a game without an event. All, all of them. And two of the Gen 5 ones. Um, which I don't know. We, have we actually talked about the other mythical in this game? Since the DLC? Uh, I'm blanking on what that other mythical is. Uh, Meloetta? 
Oh, I yeah, don't know if you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Have we we talked about? No, that? We I don't think we talked about, about that on the no. podcast, have we? I mean, that is wild because it's like, abs- <laughs> <laughs> It took days for people to actually figure out how to encounter the Pokemon, and I was so convinced that it was going to be because Victini is technically in Sword and Shield, but you cannot encounter it. Right. There is like an encounter, but it doesn't. It never. You can't have that encounter. And I was fully expecting this to be the exact same thing because you have to be in this very specific place doing this very specific thing with the camera and a specific filter. It's, I mean, I love it, but it's weird. <laughs> well, the the Victini thing makes sense in retrospect because it was given away at Worlds. I don't think that was like like a panic button they hit. I, I, I would... It's not the same. It's not the same one, though. The encounter's different. Like, this is, this is more like... My... my... The, the, it's... My guess would have been that there would have been more to the Victini. Mm. Like, you get an item to, like, trigger an encounter, and they never finished that encounter. They never did that. They just, like, left the assets there. And then instead, they were just like, we're just going to give people, we're just going to give it. Because they gave everyone Victini. You didn't have to go to Worlds to get Victini. But if, if if the thought process was... Fans are complaining that they want Mythicals to feel special. We did the Zera Aura mm-hmm. thing. We did the Keldeo thing. We're doing the Meloetta thing. It would only make sense for Victini to have its own thing. And like classic Pokemon, we don't have enough time because we're worked to the bone. So here's just a distribution of Victini. Yeah. I mean, then you, then you get into the question of why is the encounter still in the game? It just was never coded to work. And I guess that's just because the, they're, they they're code they leave is things held... in the game all the time. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> they could even have a nice, a nice, a nice surprise that this Melo Paradox wasn't Pokemon that. were supposed to drop something and it didn't and it crashed raids and it oh. took them like three months to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Did we ever get those that raid event ever again? I can't remember. It came back. It came I back. I think we did. It yeah. did come it back. back. Right, okay. There's yeah. been so many events since then that I've forgotten. <laughs> but also bringing this back to the mythical, magical Petra Berry and the epilogue, I think this is the distribution is probably the best way they could have done it. There also aren't any physical cartridges out at this point in time with both of the DLCs on them. So you're going to run into the issue anyways, unless they update those. Don't worry. When the next DLC for Scarlet and Violet comes out, then they'll put out the third edition (laughs) of this on shelves. And that'll be 120 some dollars, right? This is just what they were able to do to conclude the story without having it be another payment for another DLC. I do think, because, I mean, we essentially did get the third DLC, right? Because people, yeah, it's not a, a paid thing, right? But this is a third, a third thing. In, it is, like, it you've is got, downloadable content, I, yes. Yeah, I, I just think, I just think it's like, well, because the argument was, oh, we're going to have a third, you know, you've got your Teal Mask, you've got the Indigo Disc, and we're going to have a third thing. And we did have a third thing. It wasn't the Teal Mask or the Indigo Disc. It was a third thing. I think that's interesting. It's it's different to how they did Sword and Shield, yeah. where they had the two and they were completely separate. The story in these games has been some of my favorites. They have tied together the story from the first main storyline to the story from the DLC, bringing it all together in the epilogue. And I think the epilogue was kind of necessary for that. So all of that is very different from what they did in Sword and Shield as well. Yeah. Pokemon Day is a month away. Gen 10 would be next, right? Like 7, 8, 9, 10 
right? So there's there's no there's no there's no surprises that there would be another generation of Pokemon. If, if you're looking at purely remakes, Gen Five is next, right? It, like, just the 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 <laughs> numbers go higher, right? Like, it would be very weird if they skipped Gen Five to go to Gen Six, right? That would just be weird. They could do it. Um, for they some, could also go back to Gen Two. They could go back to Gen Two, right? Because they did Gen One three times now, so. They could do Gen 2 three times now. There's like a lot of things they could do. Like no one predicted Arceus. You know, when, when Sword and Shield came out, that was three years of people being like, they're going to add the complete Pokedex. And they never did. <laughs> and it was even after the two DLCs, they were like, they're going to add a third DLC and they're going to finish the Pokedex. And they, they, they never did. When Legends Arceus came out, people were like, can't wait for the DLC. And this is the weird definition of DLC, but like it wasn't a paid DLC, right? It was like a forced update that you had to take that didn't add any new areas, changed outbreaks a little bit, didn't add any Rune new Pokemon. Hunting. <laughs> yeah, like so that game didn't get DLC. And then you looked at uh, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Didn't have, have any DLC. <laughs> should have had DLC, honestly. If any of these games should have DLC, they should have put we. We added the platinum part of the game into this, and it it's now better. It's now good. We've added two buttons to your Poketch, like in Pokemon Platinum. Like, could there be... I feel like I'm a broken record. Could there be another set of DLC for Scarlet and Violet? Sure, yes. Pokemon is very unpredictable. Like, Pokemon Z never happened. Pokemon Gray never happened. Sure, we could get another, but the the actual thing you should be asking is like, do you want a third DLC? Because or a fourth DLC? I don't know, whatever you want to consider it. Because my answer <laughs> another, is another. Another. <laughs> do you want another DLC for Scarlet and Violet? Because my answer is no. I I think those games are too broken and too frame ratey and too many bugs and glitches. And I do sincerely believe that. Scarlet and Violet would be a top three Pokemon game for almost anyone if it ran properly, if it didn't have all these issues, if when you're battling Petrarunt and Kieran goes, catch it, that everything behind it wasn't running at one frame a second, and you're like, why is this so slow right now? And I know that some people don't care about frame rate, or it doesn't bother them, or they can't see it, but the general consensus is that these games are are badly optimized and not great. Um, now that's, the, that's not to say that old Pokemon games are better optimized. I'm looking at you, Gen 4, with the slowest HP bars in the entire world. Like, th this isn't a new thing for Game Freak. But for all the speculation of, like, there's going to be another DLC for Scarlet and Violet, like, that's... Like, for me, it's like, just start over. If Even if you can't get it done this year, <laughs> just, like... Take what you've done here, take what you've learned, and re-optimize for another game. And they did that. They did that from Diamond and Pearl to Platinum. Platinum is so much better than Diamond and Pearl when it comes to optimization, when it comes to flow, when it comes to features and accessibility. It's just a better game. So when I say, like, Game Freak's bad at making games, yes, like, they are. and But they're also are good at fixing their mistakes for the next game. <laughs> like, And they're good at fixing their mistakes as they move forward, regardless of whether it's a next game or not. I, I do want to kind of emphasize that Blueberry Academy is a significantly 
better and more fun place to play than Paldea is. They are improving on this gradually even in these DLCs, but also the story there feels done. We didn't get all the answers, but the story feels done. I'm sure the next games will be just as disappointing in some ways, um, <laughs> but yeah, like they'll they'll. I mean, I, I like. I, I mean, I love these games, right? I, I I agree with you. This would be one of my. I think probably one of my top two if it weren't for the issues. And I'm someone who goes, oh, I don't notice frame rate issues. I don't care about graphics. But no, I noticed it in this game. Like, yeah, how, you, you can't still feel not, the difference, even you if you you don't not. necessarily see it, even if you don't necessarily care. In, I think, in those terms, you notice it. I think in most games, I would disagree with you, but I think it's impossible not to see it in this game. Like, it's not even just a feeling in this one. Like, I, I don't, I've never really understood the, like, 60 versus 120 frames per second, except in Pokemon Go, weirdly. That one, that one really got me. Um, But I, I, you, you can't not see it. Like, you you have to be blind to not see the frame rate, rate issues in this game. It's, I think I'm going blind, but I can still see it. I think my <laughs> eyesight is getting worse and worse every day. <laughs> but we will also see quality of life improvements that we got in Legends, for example. Some of them will go over to to, to the next games. Because um, we, we see that all the time, right? Like, you keep... They leapfrog them, their, the quality of life improvements. They have some in one game and then we don't get them in the next game and it's frustrating that we didn't get that in that game, but then you get it in the next one because of the way that they do their development cycle. Yeah, I just I just feel that these games are like complete now. It would be weird if they tried to add another story to this, I think. Right. Because it it definitely not that they couldn't do it. They could do a good yeah, story could, and, they could absolutely and it would add. be a different thing. But it would feel weird in terms of like this feels like they're saying we're done. Like it's called an epilogue that's literally <laughs> what that is it's saying a little bit of story after the end that's what an epilogue is it's not then but we're gonna have more story the next dlc is the prologue <laughs> <laughs> i mean they could they have they, they could yeah you go back in time why not they've already done weird things with time maybe yeah i i mean i i i don't know what's next i I would completely be okay with them being like, you know what? We don't got anything this year. We got, we, here's a, here's a spinoff game. Well, yeah. As long as they give us a spinoff. Yeah, Cause we well, didn't get a spinoff. We, we only we got one spinoff last year. Right. And we only got, and it was detective Pikachu returns. <laughs> when when I say we don't have anything this year, I just mean like main series. Cause the last, the last time they skipped was 2016. I think it was between was it between X and Y and Omega Ruby or Omega Ruby and Sun and Moon? It was Omega Ruby and Sun and Moon, I'm pretty sure. And I'm pretty sure it was 2015. 15, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're correct. 2016 was Pokemon Go, Sun and Moon. I wouldn't be upset if they skipped a year. I think that this game still has a solid year of life. Uh, we just got the seven star Blaziken, which means we'll probably get a seven star Swampert and a seven star Incineroar and a seven star Primarina. Like, they can just do seven stars for every single starter, and that will keep people That's engaged. More. They can continue doing mass outbreaks for shinies or for marks. They can do a seven-star shiny Rayquaza, which I still think is coming. I still think that's a thing that they're going to do. Um, and shiny Rayquaza will bring plenty of people back. But also at the same time, they don't need to bring people back. They're, it's not a games to service. They, 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 they have sold... <laughs> They're they're fine. I, the interesting thing about the year off is they they regularly took years off 
until 2015. That was the last year they didn't. If you include DLCs, it was the last year without main series Pokemon. But they did it many times. 97, 2001, 2003, 2005, 2007, 2011, and 2015. They were all years where they didn't have a main series game. So it's not like it would be an odd thing. No. We can maybe ignore the the 97 because obviously they, that was... <laughs> We're not making patterns based on Gen 1. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when Scarlet and Violet came out and there was all of the pushback with people going, these games are kind of are buggy, they're kind of bad, um, and they actually did react and say, we hear you. They did have to put out a press message saying, we're hearing the feedback and we will take it into account as we're making the next games. I just hope they do. That's that's why I would be okay with not getting a new game this year. Yeah. And I don't know. Ilka could still release something. I don't know if we want to see another game from Ilka, but they, they, they could. I'm st- I mean, I'm still not convinced that Ilka's the problem with that game. I think the problem was the decisions made by management in that game. And and I, I don't, we can't make assumptions on a development team. Um, with one like game, yeah. If, if, well, we can't make an. I don't think we can make a decision. Like, I'm, I'm very strong that like I think that you could absolutely be. It could be one person making the bad decisions that make the game bad. Yes. Uh, yeah, but that's always the case. But you, but it's, if you look at like uh, Scarlet and Violet, could also be primarily <laughs> sure. down yeah, yeah. to the management just t- saying, "Get yeah. this game out now." Yes, I agree. But uh, the the remakes in particular, if we assume that Elka would only make remakes right we assume they're not going to make a main a new main series game they're going to make remakes or you know other spin-offs they are not as tied to the merch line that the main the new main series games are um which is typically quoted as the reason as to why they're constantly doing things right because they have many years up front of these are the what we're going to be doing with merch and with the anime and the trading card game and they all need to line up remakes don't require that maybe with trading card game they tend to do like sets of the trading card game but yeah i mean like you just look at a like a pokemon print some stuff you look at like a pokemon developer like umbrella which no longer exists and they're they they didn't release a single they released what like eight pokemon games hey you pikachu is the one they're probably known the most for but there wasn't a single stuff there wasn't a (laughs) single game that umbrella released that was good and so, like, my worry is, I, I don't want that like Ilka to be the next umbrella, because Pokemon Home ain't that good either. We know Ilka worked on yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I get. I guess my maybe I'm, my my point, I guess, is like Ilka weren't in charge of that game; they were developing it. But Masuda was essentially in charge of. They were two two producers, and Masuda was one of them. And I'm not trying to point at an individual. I'm saying Masuda is the problem. That's not my point. My point is, Game Freak were v- still very much involved in that game, yeah, and making decisions for that game. Ilka 100% didn't make any of those decisions about we're going to put this feature in, but not that feature. You can compl- you can blame them for the bugs, of course. Yeah, they're there were the still ones pretty buggy bugs. games, and the yeah, movement yeah. of the game was still oh, absolutely. Off. So, uh, yeah, I agree. But those I, I suspect a lot of that was COVID. <laughs> I still love the look of those games, even though they were terrible to play. I love how they looked. And I know we're probably never going to get another game that looked like that, but I just think it was so ridiculous. And the, this, especially with 
certain story beats and you've got this really angry face on this teeny tiny but i just love it so all right uh well that's our episode for the day uh we'll be back next <laughs> week i think we're going to i don't know if the new tcg set the new tcg set should be out by next week so uh we might have bobby on to talk tcg because um he's the he's he's the one spending the money not me actually i did order the new set but not as much as i normally order but uh thanks for making to the end thanks for listening thanks hannah thanks al yeah we'll be back next week and we're uh, yeah about a month out from pokemon day so that's that's exciting so we'll we'll see what they what they offer us if anything i'm under this impression that not every pokemon day can top the previous year pokemon day so eventually it's not remember last year's perfect then then you can't (laughs) actually you could still be disappointed even if you don't remember um uh all right well that's that's our episode uh we'll see you guys next week this has been another episode of the pokemon podcast and we are super effective super mochi 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 This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. A huge shout out to our producers, starting with Stephen, Kay, Tone, Stuart, Matthew, Bovine, Catherine, Josh, Jessica, Fumes, Courtney, Brian, Brady, and a huge shout out to our executive producer of Spencer. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you would like your name read at the end of the episode or you just want to support or you just want to support our podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t to support the show and to join our patreon thank you so much for listening and we'll see you all next week